Lord, we do give thanks knowing that you are good, knowing that your wounds have paid our ransom. Lord, how that changes our thinking to know that we did not deserve the free gift of salvation that we have through your son. And so, Lord, uh, that's a gift that we cannot truly comprehend. And, uh, and Lord, we, we do give thanks knowing that because of that free gift, Lord, that no matter what happens in this life, no matter what happens in our week this week, no matter what's going on with our family, we know that you are working all things out for your good and awesome plan, for your awesome purpose. So, Lord, help us live out that reality in our lives and help us to show love to one another and and share that gospel message with others around us who so desperately need to hear it. Lord, we give thanks for your son Jesus, and we give thanks for this time to worship you. In his name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church family. Well, as we've already had the opportunity to lift our voices in praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, as we've spent a few moments in prayer this morning, and I trust that you spend some time preparing your hearts and minds to receive the word already this morning, if not even last night, as you prepared, knowing that you were going to get up this day and to come and gather together. And as we uh, find ourselves ready to open up the word of God together, as Mike has already prayed for us, I'm going to have you turn to Matthew chapter 7. We are coming close to finishing out the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll be taking a look at the section today and then two more weeks, and then we're going to have a special two-week sermon mini-series, if you want to call it that, as we take a look at what the Scripture has to say about a biblical worldview uh, and looking at that, uh, as we have the responsibility as citizens of this great country to vote, uh, we're going to speak to uh, making sure that we we vote biblical values. So we'll be doing that, and then we'll we'll finish out after that uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and at this point, Pastor Caden and myself are, are praying as to where we're going to go next, uh, but that'll be a few weeks from now. So. So Matthew chapter 7, and I'd like to read our text this morning, verses 13 and 14. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. I don't know if you realize this or not. Maybe you just don't think about it, but... Life is full of choices. We make choices each and every day, uh, and it presents us with many different paths to follow. Matter of fact, this morning, you did make a series of choices, one of which I'm very glad you made, uh, and that was because you decided to come and join in and worship this morning. But you made a decision, whether you're young or old, probably more on the the young side, to whether you're going to brush your teeth or not keeping after my own children to make sure that they keep their teeth and don't have to end up having false teeth. Even as much fun as that brings to family picnics and when you have that uncle that likes to pop his teeth out and scare all the younger kids. But the truth is, is we make choices that are simple and of little consequence. You probably made a choice this morning to either eat breakfast or not. And then depending upon your household, uh, if it's like ours that enjoys eating cereal for breakfast, the question is, what cereal do I eat? 
Uh, but as you can see, there are many different choices that are made each and every day. And throughout life, there are also choices that are difficult and have a profound effect. You know, as adults, you know, do I continue to keep working at this job because I find it hard to be able to honor the Lord through uh, what I say and what I do? Maybe it's something that uh, you're on the verge of looking to get married and you're deciding, okay, uh, is this uh, individual right for me? Uh, does this individual love the Lord like I love the Lord? Uh, and so those those questions that need to be answered, those choices that need to be made, are obviously going to be of a greater and more profound effect than whether or not you brushed your teeth this morning or not. But the thing that's common amongst all of these things is that we set the conditions of these choices. We are the ones who decide to brush our teeth or not, what cereal we're going to eat. Uh, and that's one of the, the freedoms of living in this country is that we can choose to do those things. Uh, we're not told what to eat, even though there are some that may try to do that. But the thing is, is when we boil it all down, when we set uh, these choices in motion, they are based on our decision to do so or to not do so. But life is also full of different groups of people. And th- those uh, present different relationships and different interests. Now, you may have had a different group of uh, individuals that you hung around even maybe five years ago, and you find yourselves picking new friends based off of uh, what your old friends did or did not do. Uh, and not all of us have exactly the same circle of friends, particularly outside of church. One of the things that we do have is a blessing is the fact that we have a uh, group of people here that join together because we have uh, been bought with a price. We have been redeemed by the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, we are blood family through Jesus Christ. We are sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords. But as well with different groups of people, whether they end up being good influences or bad, the still the thing that it comes down to it is that we still make those choices. We have the ability to pick those interests. We have the ability to pick those that we spend time with. Uh, but you know, as we we think about both of these, uh, making choices in re- reference to life, making choices in relation to the people that we spend time with, uh, a lot of this is, uh, speaks to where our world is today. We live in a, a syncretistic world. Syncretism is the belief that differing systems of belief can be fused together so they can take things that are maybe commonalities and overlook other things, and their differences can be reconciled into one system. And the thing and the reason why this is a dangerous thing when it comes to things pertaining to the eternal, things pertaining to life beyond this life that we have here on earth is the fact that if we take and say, well, I'm going to be the one who chooses my way in which I'm going to believe if there's a God at all. And this is what he's going to look like. Uh, and we think that because we have the ability to make choices and pick different groups of people, that we also have the right or the authority to choose things that are not within, if you want to call it our proverbial wheelhouse, to be able to do. It's where man begins to think that he is God. Uh, and starts to try and reconcile things and pull things together. Oprah Winfrey, who I, I can honestly say, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. 
So I knew about Oprah Winfrey from WJZ TV, Channel 13 News, back in Baltimore when I was a young, uh, well, younger than I am today, to the point of which she was a, a face on the television for the news to now she is a household face. Uh, where she has become quite successful. And the thing is, is that she has the ability to affect and change how people think. And I'd like to read a quote. I don't know if you can read it on the screen. It's a little bit on the smaller side. But she says, One of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there is only one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to what you call God. So here's someone who has influence. Here's someone who could speak truth if she went to the source of truth to be able to tell you how it is. But instead, she, like many, have decided that they're going to set the conditions of their choices. That the easier thing to say is that, yes, there are many ways to God, uh, and it is a big mistake for human beings to believe that there's only one way. How narrow-minded of you to think such things. So one of the things that we're going to find this morning is, is that, yes, we are called to enter by the narrow gate. I did not stipulate the size of the gate. I did not stipulate, stipulate the conditions of how you are to enter that gate. The one who did is the one who that gate leads to. Uh, the one who is the God of all. But you can also see this uh, kind of mentality of basically saying that man can, can come to God on his own conditions, by his own choices, by his own ways, by a bumper sticker that you're probably very familiar with. A bumper sticker that started out out of a Warsaw-based company, and I will do my best to pronounce his name, but it's Bitre Mladosniak. I don't know if I pronounced that quite right, and he'll have to forgive me nonetheless, but that coexist thing has been around for a while, and when he originally made it, it only had three letters that actually had a designation. It was the the first letter, C, which represented Islam. The uh, X in the center of exist was supposed to represent Judaism, and then the T on the end, Christianity. So why can't these three religions coexist? Why can't they come together? And over the years, other things have been added, as you can see from this, that now every letter of the word coexist actually has a meaning. So Islam for C, the peace symbol uh, in the letter O, so that man can just everybody get along because we, we all want peace. Uh, the E, uh, the male and female symbol uh, that is there, so why can't men and women get along? Uh, the X representing Judaism or the Star of David. I it represents the pagan religion Wiccan. The S is the Chinese Jing Yang symbol. Uh, and, of course, the T is for Christianity. So as you take a look at these letters in this word, the question is, can we all coexist? And by the end of today, you will know the answer to that question. And, and I'll tell you to start out, just in case you have to leave early, is that the answer to that question is, no, we cannot coexist. And the text here today will show us why that's the case, because Christianity is distinct from every other religion of the world. 
See, this blending or coming together assumes that man alone has the authority to flex or to alter precepts for the purpose of bringing all religions together. Because wouldn't that be great if everybody thought the same, if everybody came together and believed the same, and then we just all got along, and that there was no longer any fighting, no more war, we just, we all got along. And that's uh, the premise of thinking that there can be a potential utopia here on earth. Well, in man's mind, he thinks that's a possibility. But the truth is, if we go to the source, the one who is eternal, we find out very quickly that it could never be the case. That there can never be a utopia here on earth because there's sin in the world. And then men are sinful individuals. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Well, the way that seems right to man is the fact that he thinks that all religions are the same. That we're all, in essence, worshiping the same little g, God. You know, and the songs that the worship team picked today really hit the, the mark when it talked about, you know, you are not a God that is made with human hands. Well, the God that it can coexist across all religions is a man-made God. And that's why Christianity stands alone, as it were, uh, speaking the truth, because Christianity is the one true God telling us how it is. See, the Bible tells us that there are only two systems of religion. One is man-centered, the other is God-centered. And when I say God-centered, it's the one true God. See, man's uh, religion is sinful, it's self-centered, It's based in man's works. It is looking at only the external and what man does. And salvation is earned. And see, in the religion of man, man is the authority. He's the one that can say, okay, we can just all get along if we're willing to agree to these things. Not taking into consideration that he has someone he has to answer to, which we find, again, going to the one true source, which is God. The religion that is God, the one true God, is pure. It's God-centered. It's faith in God, not in man's works. It looks to the internal because God knows our hearts. He knows why we do what we do. Salvation is a gift from God. And guess who the authority is? God is. And so with that as the background, as we take a look at these two verses this morning, maybe this is the very first time you've ever considered this. And hopefully by the time you leave here today, you will understand what true salvation really is. You'll know why we are called to enter by the narrow gate. Because there are two specific paths leading to two final destinations for two different groups of people. And the question is, what group of people are you in? Because that will determine your destination, and that will determine the path you are currently on. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. For those who enter by it are many. Let's stop there, verse 13, because I want to talk to you about the very first gate. 
And as uh, Jesus is putting this forth for the world to know so that he could address uh, the religion of the, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, which was a man-centered religion that was based out of man's authority and man trying to dictate how man should live, not taking into consideration the God who made them and the God who, as we sung today, provided a Savior, a Savior that is kind, that is merciful, uh, that offered himself as that once-for-all sacrifice. But the, the path is wide, and it's wide because it's all-inclusive. It's because all the, the world religions, all the philosophies of men can all come together under one umbrella, under one tent, as it were. Because there's nothing that, that, that changes how we think. Because as long as we are willing to agree on something, and even if what we agree on changes, and we change on what we agree on, that's okay. Because everyone is welcome. Everyone can come in. Because we don't want to turn anyone away. So it's a wide path, because all are going that direction. It's desirable, uh, because it actually speaks to those things which we call the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride in possessions. First John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And so this wide path, this all-inclusive path, that includes everyone who is going towards a particular destination and is part of one of those groups of people, one of which I can say I was part of before God opened my eyes to the truth of the narrow gate, is the fact that it is something that the world values. In, and the evil one, the devil himself, makes it desirable. Because he is an angel of light. He makes it look a lot like it's the same as everything else. And what better way to do that than to have all the false religions of the world to come together and say, yes, there's really not much different. We're all going towards what we call God, in the words of Oprah Winfrey. And that it's a big mistake to say that there is only one way to God. And that's part of the reason why it's an easy way. That's the second thing we're told in this passage here in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Not only is it a wide path, it's an easy path, because it comes naturally to mankind. Because before Jesus Christ, we are slaves to sin. And sin is what this world is all about. And what sin is, is rebellion against the one true God. It's li- living in a denial that, for some, that it even exists, but also the fact that if he does exist, then uh, I, uh, my God is a God that is a loving God. Or my God is a God that will accept me no matter what. Not taking into consideration exactly what it takes to be in the presence of a holy God. Psalm 58.3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. Because that's what's natural to him. And because they are from their father, the devil, who is a liar since the beginning. Because he lied to Adam and Eve in the garden. And therefore, all of his children are going to be like him. They're going to lie. They'll tell you one thing in one setting. And then they'll go into another setting and tell you something different. And what they'll do is they'll chalk it up to, well, I just changed my mind. 
or for right now, because I want to have you join in with me so that we can, you know, agree, I'm going to believe this way. But give me a few months and I may think otherwise. See, Satan has blinded man to the truth. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The interesting thing, when Jesus came to this earth and he walked and, and took on human flesh and was just like us, yet without sin, that people rejected him to his face even though he was truly the son of God. And nothing has changed. Nothing is new under the sun because even today people reject Jesus Christ. Well, he was just a good man or he was just a prophet that he lived and died. He didn't really raise from the dead. That was just a rumor. See, the thing is, Satan has blinded man to the truth. Because Satan does not want man to know the truth because he is content for them to be on that wide path, that easy path, because he knows its final destination. A destination that was made for him and his angels when they rebelled against God uh, before the foundation of the world, before creation itself. Which brings us to our third point. Its final destination is destruction. Now, this is not annihilation. This is complete ruin. Because you find yourself as one who has refused to believe in Jesus Christ, the one who represents the narrow way. And you will hear words like this out of Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 41 and 46. He says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. See, the thing is, why man wants to coexist, why man wants to all get along, is because they don't want to believe the truth. They would rather believe a lie. Because, yes, there is a place of destruction. Not annihilation, but of complete ruin. Receiving the just penalty for your rebellion against a holy God. And the text goes on to say that many will find it. In comparison to those who do, uh, find the narrow path or the narrow way, most of the world is heading this way. Many will find it. And to give you an idea of what the culture thinks, and I'm not advocating you listen to this particular group, but they do a pretty good job of explaining exactly how man thinks. Listen to the song Highway to Hell from ACDC. It says, living easy, living free, season ticket on a one-way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason, don't need rhyme. Ain't nothing I would rather do. Going down party time. My friends are going to be there too. Yeah, I'm on the highway to hell. See, when man does not understand the magnitude of what he is speaking to, then it will be just like 
this group pictured it. It's just a big party. And all my friends are going to be there because, you know what, there's truth in that. Because many are going towards the first gate, the gate that is wide, the way that is easy, that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. But see, Jesus doesn't just stop there. Because, yes, that is kind of sobering news. Well, it isn't kind of, it is sobering news. But it's not something that we want to embrace all just right away. Because the the one who is the, the God of this world blinds people to the truth. That's why Jesus Christ had to come. Which takes us to the second gate. It says in verse 14, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. John fourteen six, a verse that I'm sure... Oprah Winfrey was thinking of, if she knows any of the Bible, when she said that it is a big mistake for humans to believe that there is only one way. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because Jesus as part of the Godhead, as God's Son, including the Holy Spirit and God the Father in eternity past before the very creation of the world provided a way, the way, that man could be redeemed, that man could find his his way off of that path that is wide and easy and that has a final destination of destruction and not be one of those many who find it. Peter, speaking about Jesus before the Jerusalem Council in Acts 4.12, says, And there is salvation in no one else. Well, wait, don't all the religions of the world have a say in this? No, they don't. Because they are man-centered. Man is the authority. We're speaking from a heavenly realm. We're speaking from the very God who created us. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Well, what are we being saved from? Can't we just make good choices and just get along with one another? No, because man is not autonomous. Man does not dictate his existence. The only reason that mankind is alive is because God, through his grace and his long-suffering and his mercy, gives us the ability to breathe. No one can say, I make my heart beat in my chest. Yes, we may be able to have the medical advancements of science and have something artificial pump our, our heart in our chest, but it does not produce life. It's a mechanism. The only thing that can truly produce life is God himself. Jesus even mentioned about himself that he was the door in John chapter 10. As a matter of fact, the, the Greek there talks about striving towards that door. Because it is a striving. Not something that we earn or we, we get points with God or we, we try and work for our salvation. But the fact is that the world, because all of it is on that wide path that is easy, that leads to destruction, pulls 
And because the the, uh, prince of the power of the air, Satan himself, the god of this world, blinds people to the truth so that they walk through life not knowing until they stand before a holy God and then their eyes will be open to the truth unless they hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a narrow path, but it is also a hard path. See, we cannot enter it until we repent. We have to agree with God that we stand before a holy God as sinners. That we are not ultimately good at heart. Because the only one who is good is God. And that's why we need God in order to give us what we lack. We have to deny ourselves and our ways and trust solely in Jesus and the salvation that he offers. We have to stop striving in the flesh. Stop trying to reconcile. Stop trying to embrace all the religions of the world which are man-centered, where man is the authority to the one who everyone must give an account. It reminds me of the song Rock of Ages. Verse 3 says, Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. What beautiful words, what comforting words that there's nothing we need bring because everything that we are, everything that we represent is rebellion against God. That's why we needed Jesus Christ to come. That's why he is the door. That is why he is the way. That is why no one can come to the Father except through him. Because he came to reveal the truth and to live that sinless, holy life. To offer himself as that once for all sacrifice. It's a hard way because it's contrary to this world and its beliefs. See, when you find yourself repenting and believing in Jesus Christ for salvation, guess what? The world is going to hate you. And that's the truth. Because they hate everything that that you represent. John 15, 19 says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. See, that's the message of coexist. That the world will love you as long as we can all agree and get along with one another. But because you are not of the world, speaking about those who have uh, trusted Christ as their Savior, it says, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world won't love you. The world's going to hate you. Because man does not like what the, the, the salvation in Jesus Christ represents. It represents light in a dark world. It represents showing us our sinfulness before a holy God. And the thing is, man does not want to rectify that. Matter of fact, it says that there's none righteous, no, not one. There's no one who seeks for God. Short of God's gospel, glorious good news coming into our hearts and our minds and the spirit beginning to regenerate what what is what was dead. Because we find ourselves, just like the rest of the world, that wide path, easy way, final path destruction, dead in our trespasses and sins. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice its final destination. It's not destruction. 
It's not death, annihilation. Yes, our physical bodies will die. And thus we're fortunate enough to have Christ return before our earthly bodies give way for everyone who believes in Christ. But this is speaking of life eternal. This is speaking of life that only the Son of God can give. This is not physical life. This is not just the beating heart in the chest, the the lungs that are breathing air. This is life eternal to be in the presence of God forever. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Because he is the sinless son of God. He is the lamb of God. He is the redeemer. He is the one that can give life. John ten twenty seven and 28 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. A totally different final destination. One where there's hope and joy and forgiveness and experiencing the the joy and the love and the mercy and the grace of the God who made you. The text says few find it because they've been blinded by the God of this world because they would rather enjoy sin and rebellion against God than to trust in something outside themselves. Man wants to dictate the terms. And God says, no, you can't, because I am God Almighty, and there's none like me. Contrary to popular belief, everyone is not going to end up in heaven. That's the truth. There is no way you can buy a stairway to heaven. The beginning of verse 13, it says, enter by the narrow gate. Therein lies the call. Enter by the narrow gate. This phrase here in Greek demands action. It's not something that, well, maybe I'll get to it later. No, it's demanding a response. So my question to each and every one of you today that is here in this sanctuary, as well as those listening online, have you entered the narrow gate Because if not, then you have only one other possibility. It is a wide path, an easy path, because that's the way the rest of the world is going to everyone who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. First, or second Peter three nine says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. So today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to trust Jesus Christ and stop believing the lies of this world, to stop believing that we can just all coexist, that we can all just get along, and that it is narrow-minded of anyone to think that there's only one way to God. Because we do not have the authority, we do not have the ability to dictate to God how things are. Instead, the creator says, this is how it is. I am the lawgiver, and you've broken my law, and so therefore this is the way it has to be. So today, realize that you stand at a gate. The question is, are you going to ignore that gate and keep on the, the, 
going towards the gate the rest of the world is going? Are you going to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way that we're going to get to heaven, the only way that we can stand before a holy God is by what Jesus Christ gives us. And that's a righteousness that we do not have, a righteousness that we cannot manufacture, but a righteousness that can only be given as the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, hung and died on that cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of sins. So God is not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Will all come to repentance? No. But today you have an opportunity. Today you have the the choice to make, the decision to make. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? Are you going to continue to believe man and his authority? Or are you going to go to the one who has authority over all, including what man has? Because even man thinking he has authority is only authority that God allows him to have. Because man will still have to answer to God. There's no getting around it. They're all going to have to stand. We, we all have to stand before God and give an account. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, uh, we do thank you for your son Jesus Christ coming and walking the earth. We thank you for this sermon that we have been feeding and, and feasting upon for, for months. A sermon that people were able to sit on a hillside and hear in an afternoon. We have delved deeper into your word to see how your word has one message, and that is salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to God. There's no buying your way to heaven. There's no waiting in a purgatory until which time God accepts you. It is only through faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. This is why Christianity stands apart from all the other religions of the world, because it is God-centered. It's the truth. And Lord, I pray for each and every one that hears this message today, that they would truly repent, that they would truly agree with God, that they stand before God as sinners in need of a Savior. And when they do that, Lord, you will graciously bring them in. And they will experience what it means to be a son or daughter of you. To begin to grasp the fact that we will spend eternity with you. What an awesome thought that is. What a glorious thought that is. And Lord, each and every day I pray for each and every believer that hears this message today. That is a familiar message but it'd be a message that would cause them to, to reach out and to tell others that are on that wide path, that easy path, that path that leads only to one destination. And that's destruction, separation from you for all of eternity. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for life and life eternal. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.